Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlets and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. It's fun to be back after a little holiday break and it's exciting to have you with us here this afternoon along with our wonderful guest Jessica Rose. Uh, during the next hour, we're going to be talking about the power of podcasts, how to rock the podcast from both sides of the mic. And during the next hour, you're going to grab your notepad because you're going to learn the top three reasons you should consider being interviewed on podcasts, as well as how to position yourself as a celebrity expert in your own niche, the marketing piece you must create before you begin and how to use it, the two key qualities of a great guest, how to host, how hosts actually find a guest for their podcast, how podcasts are monetized even if they have small audiences, and the do's and don'ts of podcasting when using the show as a marketing strategy, plus the surprising component that can make or break your podcast. Our guest today is Jessica Rhodes. She is the founder of Interview Connections, which is the largest leading online booking agency for podcasters and guest experts. She's the host of Pound Rock the Podcast and is the acclaimed author of Interview Connections, How to Rock the Podcast from Both Sides of the Mic. You're going to want to check all that out after the show. And her website is interviewconnections.com. Welcome to you, Jessica. So great to have you here today. Hey, thank you so much for having me on your on your radio show. I'm excited to be here. Well, and I'm excited to have you. I love your I love your radio voice. You are cheerful and perky and upbeat. And I always talk to people about that. They say, you know, you have a radio voice and you have a regular voice. And that's, you know, that's true. <laughs> it's kind of like when you answer the phone and you go, hi, you know, and it's an octave higher yeah. than you ever talk. <laughs> but, I know. But I try I to keep them the same so it feels real, but there's always a little bit more perk in the uh, in the podcast voice. <laughs> you got to keep people entertained and, and engaged. <laughs> I think there, there, there needs to be also because actually when you're just talking to a friend over coffee, you're trying to keep it a little subdued to, you know, care for the people around you and different things like that. Whereas when you're on a podcast and you're actually the host or the guest on a podcast, the energy is really what's going to keep people attentive as well as the content, obviously. But if you are sharing wonderful content with terrible energy, it's just not going to maintain my attention for very long. And so I I love how you just start us off with something that's so important. You know, you can (laughs) share with us quite a bit here about being a guest and being a host of a podcast. But first of all, let's talk about the reasons why our listeners should consider being interviewed on podcasts. So go ahead and take us, you actually have three three reasons, so go ahead and take us through those. Yeah, so there are definitely a lot, but we, we could talk about the reasons for the next hour, but I'll, I'll keep it to, uh, you know, top three. Um, so the first reason is just to build your brand. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways to define what a brand is from the colors of your logo, you know, things like that. But I think your brand is what people think about you, what people say about you when you're not around. And you want people to be talking about your personality, talking about um, what makes you authentically you and people can hear that when they hear you on a podcast. I mean, when you're interviewed on podcasts, people are getting to know you, not just looking through your website and seeing the copy that you wrote or the website design that you have. So uh, number one, it just builds your brand and it gets more people to know, like, and trust you because they are hearing directly from you and hearing your voice. Um, The second big reason that I think it's great to be interviewed on podcasts is it's putting you directly in front of your target audience. So you are literally generating leads for your business, for your service, and for your products by giving valuable content. People don't like to be sold to. People want to learn. They want to be entertained. And when you're on a podcast, you're doing those two things in a very non threatening way because people know that they're not going to get a big sales pitch. Like when they listen to a telesummit or a webinar, they're probably going to get somewhat of a sales pitch. There's this understanding that everyone is there to sell something, but 
the understanding of a podcast is that you are there to learn something. So you can really attract your ideal clients um, much more effectively by being a guest on podcasts. Um, and then a third big reason to be a guest on podcasts is to connect with people who are, you know, can be partners in many ways. Um, you could connect with people that actually turn into a business partner, referral partner, JV partner, people that maybe join your book launch team, basically friends in your space, friends in business that are going to help you grow. These might not be your direct clients, but these are people that are going to refer to you to help you grow. So, I mean, those are probably my three biggest reasons why being a guest on podcasts is so effective. I love that. And let's go ahead back and talk about getting directly in front of your target audience. So that's one of the really, truly amazing things about podcasts is that people, like you said, they come to learn and, you know, somewhat to be entertained as well. You know, we all develop kind of a relationship with our favorite disc jockeys on the radio or our favorite podcast hosts. And they become part of our lives in a way. And when we join them in their space, so like today you're joining me in my space, my listeners Mm -hmm. already, like you said, know, like, and trust Marnie. Now Mm -hmm. I introduce them to Jessica, and there is just an automatic um, transferal of friendship to you just because we're together here. Yeah. It's truly an amazing thing. Yeah, exactly. It's it's when you get booked on a podcast, when you're a guest on a show, um, you're sort of being endorsed by the host because they wouldn't have a guest on their show who they weren't aligned with. In fact, you know, sometimes podcasters will be able to share a story of a time. I mean, I've done it once in the three years that I've been podcasting where I uninvited a guest on my show because I, I couldn't endorse that person. And I, I, I wasn't yeah. going to, you know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't do it. That doesn't happen often, but sometimes it does. So when you're on a podcast as a guest, you are getting a, that's a great honor <laughs> to have that host support you and endorse you and give you exposure to their audience. And I think that that is one of the key things I wanted to touch on here is um, the great honor it is to be invited on a podcast. I know when I get to go on other people's radio shows or TV shows or podcasts or even be interviewed in their blog or uh, newspaper or whatever, it's a huge, it's a huge honor, and it's a huge. As a guest, we need to be thinking in those terms because our host is actually for free, giving us huge advertising value that we could never oh, afford yeah. to pay for. Yeah, it's amazing. Like I and I have people that come to work with us at Interview Connections, and they're like, I've paid literally thousands of dollars a month you know, to PR agencies, and maybe I get a couple of placements, but it's not in front of a targeted audience. I'm not actually getting any results out of the interviews. Um, And podcasts are, they're so much more effective. Like, they're smaller audiences, but they're so targeted and so engaged that people who are guests on podcasts and hosting shows, too, get so much more out of those appearances than you would if you were just on, like, a a radio show or, you know, in the newspaper or something like that. It's so true. And I love, too, that podcasts give you a longer period of time. Like I've had radio interviews literally that are 90 seconds or three minutes. (laughs) You know, on a podcast, you typically are going to get anywhere from 15 minutes all the way up to maybe even two hours to really share your stuff and to let people get to know you, what you're about and that kind of thing. I love that aspect of this. I also really liked... um, how you said building your brand and building the brand is so much more than just the color of your logo or things like that. It's yeah. really, I like how you said it, it's what people think or say about you when you're not around. That is a great definition for what do I want my brand to be and what is my brand currently? How can I yeah. change my brand to be better? Yeah. Yeah, that I learned that um, Cliff Ravenscraft is known as the podcast answer man. And I remember he told me that at I saw him at a conference and, and he said that he goes, um, he's like, I don't just, you know, refer people to interview connections. I say, go talk to Jessica Rhodes. So 
people really do connect more to your business when they connect to you personally. So getting yourself out there, if you're the CEO, um, the founder of a business and, you know, maybe like I know I work with a lot of, you know, coaches, so it's like the business their name but a lot of people have businesses where they're maybe a little bit more behind the scenes it is so powerful as the founder and ceo of a company to get out there and be a guest on podcast because it humanizes the company and people i think that the future of work is that people want more human experiences through the work that they're doing and through the companies that they're working with so I th- I just think it's a very powerful way to humanize your brand. When you were talking to, you mentioned not only do people come to podcasts to learn, but they also come to be entertained. And yeah. I was just going to make a distinction there between like being entertained um, and being amused. So mm-hmm. amusement, <laughs> amusement is kind of when you put your brain on hold <laughs> and, yeah. and you're just kind of like watching something, but you don't need to get anything out of it. You're just, spending time, wasting time, whatever. Whereas being entertained is actually being invited to be engaged. And that's kind of the difference between a a really great podcast and a not-so-popular podcast. On the great podcast, you actually feel like you're part of it somehow. (laughs) And you don't get to necessarily call in, but you have this sense of participation with the host Mm -hmm. and the guests that is different. And that comes from like you just initiated it immediately in this in this call. And of course I do it where I go to one of the things that we've been doing a lot of is laughing. And we aren't mm-hmm. saying anything particularly funny. <laughs> but at the same time we just bring um we just bring a level of joy to the conversation. And yeah. I think that that is one of the reasons people come back is because it is uplifting and it is not a downer. Um, there are people who really prefer downer programs and there are programs for them, but I encourage you when you're a guest on a show, try to be the person that's energetic, that is bringing high value, and that is a little bit entertaining. Yes, I completely agree. And just a, a funny story from um, as a listener. So I spent, you know, we were recording this while well, we're here live and last week was Thanksgiving and I spent those, you know, four or five days that I had off of work and I just, I was reading, I was reading Brené Brown and um, books on mindfulness and listening to Oprah's podcast. And then by the end of the trip, I just had to, I had to tune out and like listen to a show about The Walking Dead because I was like, all right, I have been entertained and I have learned and now I need to be amused. (laughs) So I think that you need both. (laughs) Right, the brain does need some downtime every once in a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So and it's one of the ways, you know, you've already told us a couple of stories. You told us the story about Cliff, and you told us this story about walking, you know, walking dead. You, that is one of the ways that you can be the most entertaining and engaging as a guest is to really bring in story. Don't just give statistics and don't just yeah. give, like, theory. Um, make it real where people can... I understand who you are and that, oh, you go to conferences and, oh, you talk to people (laughs) and, oh, Oh, you actually need to be amused also like me. (laughs) It's so important. Stories are incredible. They bring in and then they also show credibility too because when people hear stories, they realize, oh, you're not just – because there's a lot of people out there regurgitating information that they learn from books that they've read and from other people. But when you actually have stories to share, it shows that you didn't just learn that tip, you experienced it. So I had a call with a client today, and, and she was telling me all of her you know, tips and the things she's going to talk about. And I one of her questions that she'll get asked is, like, what's the biggest mistake people make when they start their business? And she tells me. Me and I said, did you make that mistake? And she goes, oh, yes. I was like, great, tell me tell me what happened. <laughs> like, tell me the story. So people can relate to stories. And that also goes to the point of actually sharing um, mistakes and failures. I think that there, people will really connect and resonate with you if you're open and vulnerable about what you have not done right. Because it's great to bring on experts. And obviously, most of the time we want to hear about like what to do, but it's also really nice to be relatable and like, hey, I made this mistake and I didn't do so well on this front, you know? Absolutely. It's critically important that we are vulnerable and authentic. And I always, 
just to review, I always say make sure that you're sharing mistakes from the past that are healed over and scarred instead of mistakes that you're going to rip open a wound and bleed all over the air. People are not inspired by that. So make sure you're choosing things to share that are healed and in the past. Okay, we're going to take a short break, come back with Jessica, talk about how to position yourself as a celebrity expert in your own niche, the marketing piece you must create before you begin, and how to use it. We'll be right back. Do you ever need a guest speaker? Or maybe you're a speaker who's available to go. Check out womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world since 2002. Connecting thousands of planners with over 1,300 speakers. Speakers are available to you from every state, denomination, experience level, and fee range. You simply search when you have time, anytime, day or night, and connect directly with the speakers that interest you. No middlemen, no hidden fees. It's all simple, easy, enjoyable, and online. Check it out today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we're visiting today with Jessica Rhodes. She's the founder of InterviewConnections.com. She's here talking with us about the power of podcasts and how to rock the podcast from both sides of the mic. Love it. That's also the title of her recent book, uh, which is called Interview Connections that she has written. Welcome back, Jessica. Let's talk about um, how to position yourself as a celebrity expert in your own niche. Yeah, so the first thing that's really important to position yourself is you actually, and we just talked about this before the break, is establishing credibility. Um, So I think the first most important step is to be creating content and demonstrating your expertise. So for a long time before I was really actively out there getting interviewed, I was blogging, creating videos every week, doing my podcast, just putting out a lot of content and teaching whoever who would follow me. So a lot of people say, well, I don't have an audience. Who, do, who am I going to write for? Who am I going to podcast for? It doesn't matter. Just start start creating the content and, and demonstrate that you have the expertise because that, that really is the first step to be getting booked. That's the first step in establishing yourself as a celebrity expert is you actually have to create the, the content to, to prove that you know what you're talking about. So that's super important because – then when people are actually looking for somebody to interview on whatever topic, if they come across your website and see that you've done a ton of blog posts, a ton of videos, it's a no-brainer. And that, that happened to me probably six or nine months ago. Um, somebody was looking for a guest who could talk about podcasting because so many people were asking him about it. And he's like, hmm, I should bring somebody on my show. And he was just Googling around, found my website, and was like, oh, my gosh, this woman has been blogging about interviews for three years. Like she must be the expert because when you're blogging and doing videos and creating content around your niche area of expertise, then it becomes a no brainer to, you know, have you come on a show and be the expert. And so I think that's why that kind of dovetails into my second point, which is be niche, like niche down, be specific. Um, When you kind of just talk about a really general topic, it's hard to say that, oh, you're the go-to expert in XYZ category. So if you can really have your unique angle on what you talk about and what you do, it makes you more of an obvious choice for, you know, that kind of guest that people are looking for. Does that make sense? It does. You know, and as a host, I am – I am not going to bring somebody on who's written one article about the topic we're going to try to talk about. Um, You have to either have a book or have a lot of blog posts on it that are well-written or have a lot of video content. You have to show me that, like you said, that you are the expert on this. And obviously there's other experts on it out there, but I'm looking for a great expert. I don't want somebody who's just kind of dabbled in it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've heard it said one time that if you are a guest on a weekly podcast, then you are 
one of the top 52 experts that that host has access to. I mean, it's a, as we mentioned before, it's a huge honor to be a guest on someone's show and they're looking for the best that they can get for their podcast. So, you know, positioning yourself as a celebrity, number one, you've got to do the work on your end. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a guest. It's going to be so easy. I don't have to produce the podcast. I could just get exposure to everyone else's audience without having to build my own. And I say, no, the reason that my book is about rocking the podcast from both sides of the mic is it's not an either or. I think it's really important that you ultimately leverage both growing your audience and getting in front of another audience. Um, you know, a lot of my clients that see a lot of success, they host their own podcast and they are a guest on a show. So I, I was actually talking to my client, Tyler Chef, who has a real estate investing podcast and we book him on other shows. And his main goal is he wants to get people that are listening to these other shows. He wants them to also listen to his show. So that way, he's not selling anything when he's on somebody else's show. He's just simply saying, hey, you're listening to this podcast. You're probably listening on your phone. Just go open up your podcast app, search my show, and click subscribe. It's such an easy call to action that gets people into then your community where you have more freedom to like, tell them about what you sell because then they're listening to your show. Right, yeah. No, it's beautiful. And I think the other thing is that if you don't have the content out there that proves that you are the expert in it, what, uh, what, I, what I'm afraid is going to happen when I bring you on is that you won't have enough content to truly rivet my audience for a whole hour. And like yeah. you said, you know, a podcast audience, I mean, you can just click away. It's not like, it's not like you're sitting in a classroom and you can't leave very easily. You can easily leave. And if my guest is boring, not using enough examples from real life, or simply over their head in the topic, um, I'm yeah. pretty sure that my audience isn't going to stick around. Yeah, and so the other thing that's really important, just giving some tactical, you know, how-tos. So maybe you are, you're creating all the content, you're sitting there going, all right, I've got the blog, I've, I started the podcast, now what? The next thing is you need to organize your um, topics and what you're actually going to be positioned as an expert in. So one way that I do that is with a one sheet. So if you're a speaker, you might be familiar with you know media kit or a speaker sheet. A one sheet is something that I use myself and I, what I create for my clients, which has it's a one page PDF document that you use when you're pitching other shows or if somebody reaches out and books you, you could say here's my one sheet and it has everything the host needs to know. It has your bio, it has interview topics, suggested interview questions, it has your phone number, your Skype name, your links to your website, social media pages, really everything that most hosts would need to be prepared, you have that on a one-page document because when an opportunity arises for you to be on a show, you want to be ready with all the information that they would need. So when sometimes I'll see on Facebook a host saying, hey, I'm looking for an expert in this topic, and people will just say, I can do that. And it's like, all right, well, w like, give me your one sheet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like raising your hand, I don't have any reason to call on you. But if you say, I would be a great guest for you to, to interview about this subject. In fact, here's a one sheet, which gives you all of my topics, my interview questions. We could be doing the interview in five minutes if you want because the one sheet gives you everything you need. A celebrity guest expert is somebody that has their speaking topics prepared. They know what they're an expert in, and they also have a press page on their website which has links to where they've been interviewed. It has photos of them that are ready to be downloaded, and I recommend doing this even before you start really getting interviewed a lot because sort of like that uh, – tip dress for the job that you want if you want to be a celebrity guest expert act like it set up that press page get that one sheet going because then as soon as you do that people are like oh wow she must be getting interviewed a lot you know she must be a celebrity guest expert because she's done <laughs> like she has a press page okay but right and and how many times though have you me i've seen somebody or heard somebody on a different podcast and i'm like i have to have them on my show or my my uh, followers will email me and say, you've got to, I just heard this person on this podcast and you've got to have them on your show. You know, I mean, yeah. it is, it's a, it's a kind of a snowball effect, but if you're not ready, you will miss mm. it. Okay, I want to just camp on this being ready, this uh, marketing piece, the one sheet, because mm -hmm. honestly, even so, uh, maybe this sounds really proud, but even so many publicists do this one wrong. 
And they send questions that are that are like some of the questions are, why did you write your book? Okay, yeah. Oh my like gosh, a fall off the log obvious question that I'm probably going <laughs> to ask sometime. But why don't you give me something creative? Like tell me, like for instance, when I'm interviewing you right now, Jessica, my audience already knows in advance as the hour goes on, you're going to give two key qualities of a great guest and how guests find great guests for their podcast and how podcasts are monetized. It is got to be something that is so like, oh, that's my pain point. That's exactly what I needed to know yes. how to monetize this or whatever. Otherwise, mm-hmm. is that your your podcast host really can't consider you if you just get the same stupid, and, and I'm sorry, but the same really simplistic five questions that I see on every book release that I get. It's like, why? Yes. I completely agree with you. (laughs) So I would love to just give a couple of tips because a lot of people, they don't know what to put on their one sheet. They don't know what suggested questions give. So they're just like, why did you start your business? Nobody cares. So the (laughs) the questions you should be proposing need to provide value for that host's listeners. So um, what I teach my clients and, you know, my audience is that the question should not be self-serving for you. They shouldn't be teeing you up to talk about your book. They shouldn't be teeing you up to talk about your services because nobody cares. They should be questions where the answers are going to be very valuable to the listeners. And a good guest will have the skills to – you know, and I, like, I try to keep it minimal, but like, you can say, you know, I do this with my clients. And as long as you're providing immense value and giving lots of actionable content, people are going to be curious to know, wait, okay, so you know a lot about what you're talking about. Now I'm curious about what you do, but you don't want to start the conversation there. So one way to figure out like what your question should be, number one, if you have a book, Go to the table of contents because those are all your suggested questions. Um, So that's one thing that you could do, what you've you've written about in your book, and that's kind of an abbreviated way um, to do an interview. The next thing is going to – if you've created a course, you can look at what the modules are in your course and kind of come up with questions that way. Going to your blog, your podcast, your videos, what have you been teaching your audience? And then just find like the top five most popular topics that you have taught your audience. And then those can be your suggested questions for your one sheet. I love it. So great. So great. And the other thing is, whatever you do when you're on a podcast, this is a little changing gears. But again, we were talking about not being self-serving. And when you're on a podcast, the last thing you want to do is abbreviate an answer with the words, but you can read about that in my book. Don't do oh. that. Um, oh. <laughs> 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 but you want, you, you, of course, you cannot possibly in a half an hour or an hour long podcast share everything you wrote in a 300 or 280 page book. There's simply no way. So if they're loving what you're sharing and they're loving you, and they need the information, they're going to automatically go there. You don't have to keep doing that um, in order to get them to go. And in fact, it's a really big turnoff. What you can say instead is, I wish I had more time, but let me just give you kind of the main points that are here. And of course, you know, there's so much more I'd love to share with you. Um, But, you know, then just go like that. Don't do that self-promotion thing. It's just not nice. Exactly. I think that's, yeah, that's, so right. And you have to be, and if you're thinking about with wondering if you should be a guest on podcast and kind of wondering if this is a good fit for you as far as a strategy, you have to be able to basically talk about your topic for hours. Like if you feel like you can just talk for hours on end with somebody about your area of expertise, then this is a great thing for you to do. But if you're saying you're going, and I've, I've at least one person that I've talked to has said, I don't know if I could talk about this for an hour. And I was like, cool. So you should not do this. Okay. So, um, and that's one of the things that when I'm working with speakers as well, a lot of the fear that comes from public presentations of any kind, whether you're speaking on a TV show, whether you're doing an interview for a job or whatever it is, the fear mostly comes because you're afraid that you don't have enough information, that you don't have the right pieces yeah. to actually look put together in that environment. 
once you know that you are actually truly one of the most well-versed people in your area of interest, in your field, and you know that then you are completely comfortable to say to the question that you can't answer, oh my gosh, that's the first time anybody asked me that. I am going to so go and research that and I will post it on the notes of this show afterwards. You know, I'll put it in a comment. Thank you for asking that because yeah. I'm now curious myself. You know, it takes yeah. it totally to a different level of um, ease and enjoyment and confidence and actual value for the listener when you truly are the expert in what you're trying to share. I I think that's really great advice. And um, I actually just read about that in Brene Brown's new book. She says, you know, it's really powerful when, when you could just say, I don't know, like, I'm not really sure. That's the first time I've ever been asked that. You've stumped me. Congratulations. You know, like, you know, I think being honest, if you don't know the answer, but the other thing is if you're, if you're going into interviews thinking, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to answer questions. Um, I would just say like, be more confident because I'm sure that you can. I've, I don't think I've ever been asked a question on an interview that I wasn't sure how to answer. I think that, um, you know, you want to go into your interviews with that confidence and, um, and just know that as you become an expert in something, like we all do what we do all day, every day. So we assume it's, it's common knowledge for us. Like for me, booking interviews and, and running my business, like it just becomes common knowledge. But for people that don't do it, it, this is all very new information to them. For me, it's obvious and it's something I've been doing for four years, but for other people, it's new. And I think it's important to remember that what you know really well is not necessarily something that anyone else does. So you can keep it pretty simple and be able to talk for a long time. <laughs> I love it. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Jessica Rhodes of interviewconnections.com. It's the leading guest booking agency for podcasters and guest experts. You want to check that out, but wait, don't go away because when we come back from break, we're going to talk about the two key qualities of a great guest, how guests or how hosts find guests for their podcast and how podcasts are monetized even if they have a small audience, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you ready to experience your best life possible and share biblical success principles with others? Register for the SPI Coach Certification Program today. SPI or SPI stands for Success Principles Intensive. It's a six-hour online program that equips you to fully comprehend and train biblical success principles. You can check it out today over at Marnie.com. It's available as part of the mentorship program, or you can buy it as a standalone certification program. Learn more now at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Spudberg, and I'm excited to share the afternoon with you every Wednesday live at Blog Talk Radio and around the web, and also afterwards anytime at iTunes, Stitcher, and the Syndicate Station. So welcome back to you and to our guest, Jessica Rhodes of interviewconnections.com. Jessica, we were just talking about some of the things that really make a great guest, and I don't know if we already covered it, but you had two key qualities that you wanted to share with our listeners about how to be a truly great guest. Yes, absolutely. So um, we've definitely been touching on a lot of ready. Um, but I think that the first really big key quality to being a great guest is to be somebody that is willing to provide a ton of value, a ton of information, and not expect anything in return. Um, you know, a lot of people go on to shows and like, am I going to be able to pitch my book? Am I going to be able to, you know, make an offer at the end? But the people that have the most success, the best guests are the ones that come on and they they answer the questions so well, they give more, like they over deliver in value and they, they don't like try to sell what they, they just do it with a giving heart. <laughs> like a great guest is someone that just wants to give and they're not doing it in, in any expectation for anything in return. Um, so I think that's kind of the first overall um, thing that makes a great guest. And the second one I think is a little bit more kind of tactical is just, you have to be a good speaker. I think that is uh, really important. I think you can be a great guest on day one of your business. You know, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be somebody who has years of experience or seven figures in revenue. 
great guests are somebody that, you know, are people who are great speakers. And they're, as we've been talking about, they're engaging, they're entertaining, they tell stories. They make listeners want to come back and listen to your next episode because they can't wait to know who is the next great person that you're going to bring on. This guest was so great. I can't wait to hear who she's going to bring on next week. So I think just being willing to give a ton of value and also be an engaging speaker are two of the top traits, I think, that make great guests. Absolutely. And I think that that point that you just made is so critical. As a host, um, I am constantly trying to find the best guests for my audience. So mm-hmm. when a person comes on and they aren't, they, they don't measure up, they haven't prepared or they don't have enough content um, to keep the hour really engaging, it is, it is tough because you lose audience. You lose market share immediately, and it's tough to get them to come back. If you have a long relationship with them, they'll definitely come back. But, yeah. um, you know, definitely you lost them that day, and they probably aren't going to recommend it to anybody. They're not going to share it on their social, you know, on their yeah. social yeah. outlets. You know, I mean, you just miss a lot of opportunity when the guest comes on and isn't a great guest. So that is always yeah. our goal. Obviously, the second thing is when you are a great guest, you get recommended to other podcasts and to other hosts as a great mm-hmm. guest. And that's truly valuable as well. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, just to um, further one of your points there, I think it's also really important, you know, to be a great guest, to be easy to work with too. Because really where where being a great guest starts is as soon as that connection is made with the host. Um, you know, for us, it was Max reaching out to me and asking me to be on the show. It might be your agent connecting you and introducing you to a host. However you first make that connection with the host who is having you on the show, being responsive to emails, getting the host what they need, when they need it. Um, you know, we're able to have this great interview today because, you know, I worked with your, your, um, your booker and I made sure you had my bio and my questions. And when hosts are scrambling to get that information, it just, and I've talked to hosts who they, you know, the, the guests didn't respond to emails and they didn't get the right information. And then they go into the interview feeling all stressed out and you can't have a great interview with somebody if there was tension and there wasn't a cooperative um, booking process before the interview recording. Absolutely. I have to share just the worst possible thing that happened in my experience as a, as a show host. And it was early on, and I had a very famous uh, guest who was going to come on, and it was 28, 28 back and forth emails. <laughs> and in the end, the guest was a no-show. Yeah. So once a, you know, once a host has experienced something traumatic like that, uh, <laughs> you get to the point where you can quickly identify who's on top of their game and who isn't. And so, like, Jessica, obviously you do this for a living, so you are, like, you know, my dream. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just sent us everything yeah. we needed. We were able to put it together immediately. But when you don't have your one sheet ready, when you don't have your questions ready, when you don't, you know, and you have to take a long time to think about, you know, how I could possibly address this subject, all of a sudden, you know, big red flags are going off in our minds. It's like, wow, you know, they're supposed to be really great at this and they don't know how to put questions together. So I think it's just back to, again, um, in order to really nail it, you really have to just be prepared in advance and then just, you know, and we tell the speakers this all the time, but podcast guests too, don't be a prima donna, you know, don't be a princess, just go on there, give them what they need and get out of their way so they can do their job. You know, that's, that's really what you're there to yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with look great, Jessica. Jessica, you're here to make me look great, just so you know. <laughs> 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 but honestly, when I go on somebody else's podcast, I don't hog the whole time. I, I give them space to talk because people actually came to listen to them and to meet me. Yeah. They didn't actually, you know, it, it, it's, you got to be, you got to be give and take a little bit, not just all take, take, take. So love that. Oh, yeah. So how do, how do hosts actually find guests for their podcast? 
That is a great question. Um, so I think hosts find guests for their podcast in a lot of different ways. I think the first step is um, from a host perspective is knowing what kind of expertise their listeners are coming to their show for and what they want to get out of their show. Um, so there's a couple of different things that you can do. I mean, social media is an amazing place to find guests for your podcast because it's, you know, podcast interviews and podcasting is all about relationships. So, and a lot of relationships are started on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, there's so many different active groups where you can be connecting with people. Um, so I think social media is a great place to find people to interview people that you can connect with, get a mutual introduction. Cause when there's sort of, you know, when the ice is broken, maybe by somebody that knows you and can introduce you to somebody, um, that's a great way to find a guest. Um, if your podcast is really like expertise driven, actually finding people who have written books on the topics that you want to teach is great. So just going to good old Amazon and searching the keywords of the things that you want to be teaching your um, your listeners and finding who those authors are. So Amazon is a great place. And then other podcasts, like what better way to make your job easier than to go to other shows in a similar, um, you know, industry in a similar category of iTunes and see who they're interviewing and not to say you have to go to another show and just book everyone that they've booked, but that definitely gives you ideas of who is getting out there on podcasts because, you know, by these days, a lot of people have been interviewed on podcasts. So it's, it's, um, you know, most people know the drill, but when I first started booking interviews four years ago, um, when I reached out to someone who's never been on a podcast, it was a much harder sell um, to get them on the show. So going to shows where, you know, I can look through people that have already mm -hmm. been on another podcast, it just makes it a little bit easier. And that way you can listen to them. I like skipping right to the end and hearing what they gave their, like what their call to action is, because they might say, here's the best way to contact me. And that's, it kind of shortcuts the uh, outreach process. <laughs> that is such a great tip. I was just, I was scribbling notes here as you're talking and I was thinking book authors, you've got to get your Amazon page that has your contact information, your author page there. That is one of the most frustrating things is you find a guest you want to have and you can't figure out how to get a hold of them. It's like, really? It cannot yeah. be this hard anymore to get a hold of people. But um, yeah, can we just make a quick a note? Lot? Yeah. So I just want to add a quick note. Everyone, go to your website and pretend you've never been there before and find out how easy it is to contact yourself. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. I just think that's Perfect. so important. I, like, we should all be doing audits of our own website and social media profiles. Like, is your did your number change? Like, that happened to me. I changed my number this year, and I realized that I still had my old number. So it happens to us all, but that's very important because if you want to be getting requests for yeah. interviews, I hope it's easy to contact you. Anyway, moving on. You were asking me about LinkedIn. <laughs> No, I, I actually use LinkedIn quite a bit myself. If I'm, if I'm meeting an expert on a certain topic, I first search my first level relationships at LinkedIn. Um, actually, I first search womenspeakers.com because that's my, that's my girls. And then if I can't find us there, then I'm, then I'm over to LinkedIn to my first level contacts there. And then I'm broadening out to Amazon or something like that. And again, you know, we all just want to, um, we all just want to work with people we already know, like, you know, love and respect. And, yeah. and so obviously if you already have a relationship with somebody, again, the high value of having a great, um, a great bio and stuff at LinkedIn, you just can't, can't emphasize that enough. We are going to move on and come back to how interviewconnections.com can help us with this being found as a guest and finding guests. We're going to talk about that a little bit at the end, but right now before break, I want to talk for a few minutes about how podcasts are monetized even if they have a small audience. So why don't you just address that? Absolutely. So a lot of people who go into podcasting think, I want to start a podcast and I want to monetize it so I have to grow a big audience to get sponsors. And that's just not the case all the time. It's great if you have sponsors, um, but you don't need sponsors to actually monetize your podcast. So you can monetize your podcast by making it a marketing arm for your business, making it a way for you to have a deeper connection with your audience and with your clients. So this can be done in a few different ways. Your podcast can really turn into a lead generator. You're creating content that is directly targeted at your potential clients, and there's a clear way for them after they, when they listen to the show, there's a way for them to connect with you, maybe opt in um, on a landing page, and then you nurture that relationship and they sign up with you. Um, so the market, you know, the podcast is the first step for them to to hear you and find out about you. 
Um, my podcast has really been monetized because it is a great way for me to have a deeper connection with my clients. A lot of the guests that I have on my show are people that I work with at Interview Connections. And since I, I have a team, I'm not always talking. Like I can sometimes go months without personally talking to my clients because they're working with my employees. So when I bring them on the podcast, it's this great way for me personally to be connected with my clients. I've actually, I have a quick story about how I've actually won back business by interviewing someone on my podcast. So this was probably two years ago and I had a client and they, they canceled. Um, they weren't happy with some of the interview bookings. And so uh, they canceled, but I already scheduled them for my podcast. So I was like, well, this is going to be awkward, <laughs> but we're just going to yeah. roll with it. And I had a great interview with them and, and they were, um, you know, obviously I take responsibility for everything, but they were working with one of my bookers and, you know, so it wasn't like directly my fault, you know, I didn't personally book those interviews, but as entrepreneurs, we have to take responsibility for everything in our company. So, so, so anyway, I did the interview with them and they just had such a great experience on the show and they were like, you know, I really like, it was a, like a business part, two business partners. And they said, listen, we, we definitely weren't happy with those two bookings, but we really like you. We want to give you another shot. And I was like, thank you. So, so I won back their business because I connected with them and I just, you know, I really um, found a way to deepen the relationship and take it outside of just like a transactional, you know, service. Mm, those are great ideas. And when somebody is ready to monetize by getting sponsors, do you have a recommendation? Yes, absolutely. So I have gotten sponsors for my podcast, um, the podcast producers, and here it's it's pretty it's pretty simple. Um, a lot of people make it out to be way harder than it is. Number one, there is a myth out there with a lot of people that you have to have a certain number of downloads. You don't. You could get a sponsor before you launch. I have seen it happen. My client Luann Nigera had sponsors lined up for her podcast before she even launched because her show, A Well-Designed Business, is in her industry of which she has a multi-seven-figure business. So she already had great relationships with um, people that would be a great sponsor. So when she went to them and said, I'm starting a podcast and I'm looking for sponsors, they knew, like they know, like, and trust her. They see the success of her business. So it was a no brainer for them to say, Oh, if you're doing a podcast, I want to be behind that. So it is totally possible to, to get a sponsor from day one, but you have to have a clear target audience. You have to have a clear description of the show, um, you know, what the show is about. And I would say also a clear plan for launch. So um, when I was looking for sponsors for our show, the podcast producers, um, I had a clear, you know, when I reached out to sponsors, we had um, podcast movement, the conference sponsor season two, I was able to clearly say, here are the guests we're having on the show. Here's um, our plan. We're going to, you know, release episodes every two weeks. So I was able to clearly communicate that. And I did give some download numbers, but they didn't sponsor because of the download numbers. They sponsored because it was exactly the people they were trying to get to go to their conference. Conference. So I think you just have to find businesses who are trying to get in front of your target audience, communicate that, and make the ask. Oh, my goodness. That is such great advice. This is Marnie. We're visiting today with Jessica Rose of interviewconnections.com. We're going to come back, talk about some do's and don'ts of podcasting, um, also the surprising component that can make or break your podcast. And we're going to learn a little bit more about interviewconnections.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back, and we're just gearing up for a bunch of new events coming up over there. So you want to check out womensevents.info. We are coming down to the end of our hour here with our guest today, Jessica Rhodes of interviewconnections.com. And Jessica, let's talk about a few do's and don'ts of podcasting when using the show as a marketing strategy. Yeah, so the first, the first big don't um, 
is you don't want to start your podcast, like the very beginning of an episode, don't start it with, with tons of calls to action. So just like I mentioned before, go to your website as if you're somebody who's never been there before and kind of like put yourself in the shoes of, of a potential client. Put yourself in the shoes of a, of, a, of a listener. So when someone finds your show and they click play, they have just clicked play. They, they, and then when you don't want to then say, hey, subscribe, rate, and review – they have no reason to subscribe, rate, and review if they haven't listened to the show yet. It's, it's so logical, and so many podcasters make this mistake. They're like, subscribe. Okay, I just started listening. I have no reason to subscribe yet. You need to give me value. I just gave you a play. You need to give me content before you can ask me to do something else. <laughs> so I think like, and people are so hungry for subscribers. They're so hungry for those ratings and reviews that they just ask for it way too fast. So that's my first thing. Don't it's like, don't ask for that right away. I say, don't even ask for it at all. Just give value. People will give you ratings and reviews when they love the show so much that they have to do that for you. But if you're going to give those calls to action, put them at the end of the episode after people have already listened and they have, you know, you've earned that. Um, they've earned that. So that's my first big don't um, do do provide a lot of value, a lot of content, like everything that we've talked about in this show, make it entertaining, make it engaging. Um, but a, a way, kind of a tactical thing uh, that you can implement before you do an episode, ask yourself, why would someone listen to this? Like, what are they going to get out of this episode? And my friend, Corey, is, um, I co-host a show with him and um so he was in our office and we were recording an episode of our show and we were kind of planning out what we were going to talk about. And he's like, why would, um, wh like, why would someone listen to this episode? And I was like, um, I don't know. He's like, yeah, we need to answer that question <laughs> before we start. And, um, and a lot of times like you realize when you ask that question, Oh wait, I haven't actually thought about that. So don't just wing it. <laughs> you know, you actually yeah. want to put forth the effort to say, why would somebody listen? Because when someone listens to your show, they are giving you an hour of their time, 30 minutes of their time, and you want to make sure you're clear on what value you would want them to get out of that episode. Um, so doing some enough prep work to be able to answer that question clearly, and I don't think that, you know, you could spend a lot of time preparing for your interviews. You could wing it. I've honestly seen very successful shows go both directions. I know podcasters that don't do any prep and it's totally off the cuff and they, that works for them. And I know podcasters that put a lot of time into preparing their questions and that works for them. So I don't think that there's a do or don't in terms of like how much to prep. I, but I do think the one big do is what am I, what are my listeners going to get out of this episode? And you have to be clear on that. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> That's yeah. great. And I, I think about one of the shows that I like to listen to when we're traveling is, I can't even remember, it's two brothers and they do this car talk show. And oh, I don't yeah. even like, I mean, I don't do parry part of any way, shape or form, but they're so hilariously funny that whenever I run across a station that's airing them, I just stuck it them. I'm stuck. I have to listen to them because they're so funny. And then even at the end of the show, that's my favorite part, they have the, the list of credits, you know, and they have the lawyer, the legal team of oh, yeah. Cheatham and Howe. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, and they're just totally off the cuff and they take listener calls. So I agree with you that it isn't about whether you've put in enough preparation time. It's about whether you've prepared for your kind of show. <laughs> and if you're not, yeah, then, you're, yeah. then you're in deep trouble. <laughs> I think the thing that, that yeah, you like a lot about car talk and that, and that I and a lot of people do is it's funny. And it's a lot hilarious. of times people, yeah, people think that because I have a business show, I can't be funny. And because I have a show in this space, I can't be funny. And honestly, the best thing I ever did for my podcast was I started laughing and I started telling yeah. jokes and they might not, you know, not like, Oh, let me tell you a joke. But just, I, I said things that I thought were funny and that my co-host and I laughed at right. And it makes it more enjoyable. Like just because someone's listening to a business show doesn't mean they're like in a suit and they don't want to have fun. Um, you know, so I think the big do is to add your personality into the show. If you're not a funny person, then fine. Keep, you know, be yourself. I think being yourself is the most important part of, of doing a successful mm -hmm. podcast. 
I totally agree with you. People can see right through a facade and they don't they don't like it. They just they really want to get to know you. And if they don't, then they aren't the right listener for you. <laughs> That's the bottom yep. line. Uh, they should find yep. a different podcast. Um, okay, exactly. so what's a surprising component that can make or break a podcast? So I think sound quality is a big one. Um, you know, putting a little bit of time into editing. And I am not a huge like sound quality person, because I think as long as it's clear and it's not cutting in and out, um, but especially if you are recording an interview over Skype and there's actually parts of the audio that get like muted. So like, have you ever been on Skype when it just cuts out and like a whole word is missed? Stop, pause, go back, say the sentence over again and edit that. Um, I am actually fine if it you know like we're on blog talk radio so we're on phones and that's fine but it's clear people can hear us saying every single word i i assume (laughs) um because i can hear you but if you are recording a podcast over skype and there's really bad connection or you know i use zencaster in fact this happened to me the other week i recorded it on zencaster and the audio quality just was so bad I didn't put out an episode that week because I would not release an episode um, that like whole words were missing. Like it just was not a high enough quality. Um, So I think that's, you know, sound quality is important. I do think that, you know, these days you do have to put some time um, and some resources into making sure that you have the tech set up. Uh, It doesn't have to be super overwhelming, um, but I do think that you have to put a little effort into tech if you want to stand out among the crowd. Yeah, and I think there's a big difference between expectations of a live show versus a pre-recorded show. Um, Totally. If you're going to do it, yeah, if you're going to do it live, then people are going to expect some ums and ahs and you know a little bit of a pause here or there or whatever. But if you're if you're putting out a pre-recorded show and people know that, then they yeah. should, like, I mean, then I added, I added out all the ums. <laughs> we get rid of every pause. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, fast-paced and, you know, perfect, really. You just try to get it perfect. Yeah. Yes, that's a really good point. There is definitely a difference between live radio and podcasts. Um, if you do have a pre-recorded podcast, I do recommend editing it. Um I edit, I have a few different shows. Some of them are heavily edited and others I'm pretty raw with the conversation, but there are editing, there is editing that happens because you, you want to be mindful of your, the listener's experience. And I like to ask my, myself, okay, may I, maybe I went off on a rant. Okay. Does that add value to the show or can I cut that out? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Excellent. That's such a great question. I love your other question too about you know, before you before you go on air, what is the listener really supposed to get out of this? I love that clarifying, kind of that whole mentality of let's think ahead to where's the value for the listener. All right, we are just about out of time, but before we are, I, I just, people need to know what you would do over interviewconnections.com. Jessica, if people go over there, what are they going to find? And again, the, the website name is interviewconnections.com. Yeah, so Interview Connections is my home base on the web. So um, we have our podcast there and our blog. And we also have some case studies, which um, definitely click on case studies and learn some just stories about how podcasting has grown people's businesses um, and how we've gotten you know people on big shows and gotten big guests. So um, interviewconnections.com is my home base. Again, our podcast, there's some case studies and some fun facts about our team. <laughs> So, and I'm assuming there that you work with both podcasters as well as interviewees. Yeah, exactly. So we are a booking agency and we have services both for hosts who need guests where we can be their, essentially be their booker for their show. And we also have services for people that want to be booked on other shows as a guest and we can um, find shows for them. So we have an application. If you're interested, there's no pressure. You can fill that out and then I'll personally get in touch with you um, to either set up a call or send you more information about how our program works. Okay, and one of the things that people always ask me about booking agencies is, um, are they worth, are they worth it? <laughs> because a lot of them charge so much money. Um, how do you how do you justify your fee? So how do I justify my fee? Um, 
a couple different ways. And my prices have gone up many times over the years because there's such a high demand for, for booking. Um, but I justify my fee because my clients that I work with get a lot of business out of the bookings. Um, so the kinds of clients that I work with, they get business. I work with all the real estate investors. They get investors. So it's a very high return on investment that my client has from you know new business that they get on podcasts. Excellent. And I think that that's what you guys need to keep in mind when you're looking at money of any kind. You know, is it going to provide a payback or is it just money going out the door? So, Jessica, what a great hour. You've provided us with so much good content. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. And I love it that you were here. You guys want to go over for sure and check out interviewconnections.com. And also, um, our website is marnie.com, M-A-R-N-I-E. Love to see you over there. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you next time on Marnie's Friends. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.